0: Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough, and we have a special guest today. We have Judge Greg from Enthusiasts.com. Lots of podcasts you're on. I know specifically you're on Gamers Without Borders every now and then with Nick, a uh, former guest of the show. How are you doing, Judge, <laughs> Greg, and Bren?
1: Former guest of the show. He's never allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed very final, I have to say. <laughs> oh, I was formal. a little uncomfortable now. Rest I- in peace, Nick.
0: Oh no, I I don't know. I never want to say like alumni of the show. I don't know how I to just describe say previous like guest. Previous. Okay, I'm just yeah <laughs> screwing up early on in the podcast. How are you, Greg? Uh,
2: I'm doing great. Uh, it's really nice to be here because typically I consider myself marginally less than silence. So almost better is a is a step up for me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. Happy to have you on board. Um, so I guess this is going to be mainly more or less an interview-style episode, and I sure. was going to say, like, can you tell our listeners who you are and what you do?
2: Sure thing. Uh, so I am Judge Greg. I am the managing editor of enthusiacs.com I also, on enthusiacs.com I host the Real Hero Talk podcast. We just changed the name from Hero Talk to, to Real Hero Talk. Like, you know how the Ghostbusters did? You know? Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, so anyway. So yeah, I host the, uh, the Real Hero Talk podcast. Uh, so enthusiacs.com, it's, uh, it's a gathering of friends. We're all hobbyists. And what we basically did is we wanted to create content, but we, we didn't want to have to individually each come up with our own infrastructure. Yeah. So everybody got together and, and there was about maybe 10 founders back when we did this. And I think there's still five or six of us still around, maybe a, a little more than that. But we just decided let's, let's create the website. We'll, you know, we'll get the RSS feed and we'll get a podcast channel and we'll get the YouTube and we all have a venue now to create our own content, whether that's interviews, whether that's articles, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts. And that's what we've all come together. And then after sort of a little while and we established a rhythm, then we established some sort of hierarchy and we'll hear our editors and here's our executive editor and, and and all that I sort of became the day-to-day guy and that makes me a managing editor which is a entirely made up title but <laughs> that's what I do I pretend to be a managing editor
0: That's fantastic Yeah I can't recommend our listener go check out Enthusiacs.com. it's such a wide variety of just nerd stuff like you got let's plays on there podcasts about like heroes and stuff so Mm-hmm. I guess let's talk about uh what got you into podcasting like where did that journey really start for you?
2: Oh, so I I mean I've always been a fan of podcasts. So maybe the last 10 years or so I've I've spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and I never even thought it was something I I could do. Uh the the idea of this this hobbyist community doing podcasts was just completely foreign to me and it was maybe Five or six years ago, I was actually just asked out of the blue to be on a podcast. Uh, it's a now defunct podcast for a website that doesn't even exist anymore. But <laughs> I was, uh, I was active on their forums. And they were looking for volunteers. And I said, Oh, sure. Why not? I'll do this podcasting thing. And, uh, I, so I enjoyed it. I, I really had a good time with it. And, uh, I'd been on a handful more. And so a friend of mine who's, uh, a, a fellow enthusiac founder, uh, Baron Fang, also known as Jeff, he was starting his podcast at the time, Point Streak, which is one of my sister casts. And he started inviting me on that. And I had such a good time with that uh, that I decided I really wanted to do something of my own. And right about that time, a show that another friend of us was doing, who he called it Hero Talk. And he said, "I, I I'm thinking about not doing it anymore. At the time, it was a live stream on Twitch that he called Hero Talk. And I said, well, can I just kind of take the name and and the general premise and just turn it into a podcast and he was a okay here you go you can have it. And that's how I started hosting Hero Talk and I had such a great time with it. And it wasn't until very recently that I decided you know I've been doing Hero Talk now for uh over three years. And it was it was time to sort of make it my own, but I'm not super creative. So I did like the Ghostbusters did and I put the reel <laughs> at the beginning. And now I'm <laughs> nice. the host the first ever host of the real Hero Talk podcast.
0: Nice. That's r- what an interesting journey for how that all kind of came to be. That's really cool. So on Hero Talk, you must talk about heroes. What would you say your favorite superhero is like of all time? Batman. Oh, nice. Okay. That was a yeah, quick. Yeah, that's answer. not
1: even an
2: almost. There's no. <laughs> it's just Batman. Batman's Very definitive.
1: Cool. I would ask, is it because of Batman is it because of his supporting cast of, like, the Bat family, or would you say it's because of the rogue gallery of Batman, because that's always probably the most iconic rogue gallery of any hero?
2: Well, okay, I'm going to take probably out of that statement you just made, because <laughs> it is definitively the most iconic rogues gallery. Yeah. And the the Flash and Spider-Man, they can vie for second place, but the the Batman has the the best rogues gallery. I It's, it's the whole thing. It was uh, from... Adam West's days with all uh, the campiness to Mm -hmm. the the Tim Burton. I've kind of I've taken the journey and evolved with Batman. I just I like the concept of the the sociopathic vigilante who goes out there and tries to right crime because of a wrong that happened to him. I just I like the psychology and the mentality of it. And, And I like the silliness of the fact that even though he's a guy in a bat suit somehow I'm supposed to believe that he could go toe-to-toe with Superman in a fight that would last more than 20 seconds if Superman <laughs> gave him a 19-second head start.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I Especially with the movie, I'm a pretty big comic guy myself, and I had to explain to a lot of like friends and family who aren't dedicated readers, like, how could Batman actually take on a fight against Superman? I'm like, well, if we want to be real about it, he can. But also, <laughs> it's a comic, so you know, get over, like, it has to be entertaining, it, you yeah, know. Right. No one would be really interested if Superman flew up into space, lasered item like, from a mile out of the atmosphere and just wipe the, you know, earth clean of Batman. Like, that wouldn't be entertaining.
2: Right. It. I mean, it's, the, the abilities tend to sort of vary between the writer, and yeah. so when people ask, where does Superman's power come from, my usual glib answer is, the writer.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> It's contextual.
2: Yeah. Some days he can move so fast it's like everyone's standing still and some days some random guy with a chunk of kryptonite will sneak up on him without him doing anything about it. So wh- what are you going to do?
1: Some days he gets stabbed with a piece of kryptonite and he falls to the ground like done for. And then that very same day he picks up an entire island made out of the kryptonite <laughs> and throws it in the sun. Whatever. You know, what's consistency? Yeah. We It's comics. Whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, that movie had a lot wrong with it. Some things went right. Brandon Routh was a great Superman, and I liked yeah. the musical score, and the bullet in the eye thing was cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But, uh, other than that, though, it was pretty empty.
1: I liked Kevin Spacey as, like, the menacing villain. Like, I know that wasn't, like, his first role as kind of that character, yeah. but it definitely was another one that was uh, well done because it's Kevin Spacey. I don't know if I like him as Lex Luthor, though. Like, I kind of have a different image for Luthor in my mind. But, um yeah, I think the... Cast was good I think the movie mm, not so much
2: Yeah after Jesse Eisenberg I have no right to criticize any of the <laughs> that has ever lived
1: That's I mean I haven't even seen Batman versus Superman I just I saw uh what Doomsday in the trailer it's like all right I'm done I don't have any interest to see this movie anymore like you reve- you gave away any twist that I cared about I will
2: never understand why you would reveal the third act twist in the trailer before oh, the movie Oh god
0: Yeah That's upsetting.
1: Superhero movies, like everyone said, has become so mainstream, and it is now just pop culture. It's no longer nerd culture. And I would say, even still, Fantastic Four 2, with Chris Evans as the Human Torch, has still some of the worst advertising ever, because they gave away the entire movie, every scene of it, in a variation of commercials. So if you saw enough commercials, which there were plenty, because there's a huge uh, advertising budget for it, You could see the whole movie just from TV. Like, everything
2: was a You sure can. I feel like, and I haven't gone to see Spider-Man Homecoming, and I hear it's great, and I I really want to, but I I have an infant and a toddler, so (laughs) me going to movies is just a thing that doesn't really happen. That's not a reality in my life right now. But uh, I feel like I could probably predict that movie now and and get around 80% accurate in terms of the consistencies of the first, middle, and third act, and and where the heights were, and so I might miss a twist here and there, but I probably got most of it just from all the trailers I've watched.
1: Yeah, I remember the first trailer was three and a half minutes, and that that's a beefy trailer, like, that's a lot, so it pretty much gave away any, any. you know, it restored a little bit of faith in me because I figured the Vulture would be a terrible villain, like, out of the ones he could choose from, why him? And so it reinforced that, like, yeah, maybe it could actually be pretty cool. It's less of the rubber suit like i'm a bird villain and more of just like <laughs> he has a backpack like a jetpack yeah but yeah it gave away so much of the plot
2: mm-hmm. i think one minute is like the sweet spot for the length of a trailer anything more than that and, and you're just giving it away
1: yeah and if that minute hasn't sold you either they did a poor job cutting together that trailer or you weren't interested to begin like you weren't gonna see it anyway
2: Right. But nowadays in the trailer, in the one minute, they're still doing the fade to black with the, the heavy bass tone and the slowed down pop song. And sometimes you don't, you don't even have the title of the movie yet. Like, I don't, I don't even know what this is a movie for. Can you give me a title or a star or show me a star? Like, not, not their shadow, not Mm -hmm. their leg. Show me a face of somebody in this movie so I can place it.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, it's Russell Crowe's, uh, thigh. It's like, well, who knows Russell Crowe's thigh? Like, who could pick that out? But.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the bad example because I know Russell Crowe's thoughts. But
1: I mean, <laughs> outside of that, yeah, it's I, I get what you're thigh. saying.
0: Yeah, that's pretty recognizable. Um, I guess. Uh, also, with some of the things you cover on Enthusiax's video games. Uh, do you find much time to play many games these days?
2: I, I, I wish I did. I have been, I have been trying since release to actually sit down and play Mass Effect Andromeda, and I have not. Now, some of that, some of that mm. is is not my fault. Some of that is the fault of the game starts very slow and (laughs) some of that is that i spent a considerable amount of time trying to get my character to duck walk (laughs) so that's on me and then some of it was it's my uh my playstation while i was playing it broke dick can i say broke dick oh
0: yeah you can say anything
2: oh well i'm not gonna say anything but i think i think broke dick is probably what i want to what uh, I yeah, I to say right I'm now. I'm just
0: yeah. thinking, in- I- and Brent said some horror- horrendous
1: <laughs> stuff on the show. <laughs> I don't think there's anything too bad that I haven't said in some yeah. way.
2: All right. I usually <laughs> like to check before we start recording, but yeah. I didn't. But ah. I'm pretty sure I've heard you guys say far worse than that. So I'm yeah. feeling pretty safe about just letting it go and asking. <laughs> You're totally good. But yeah, no, my PlayStation broke uh, while I was trying to play it. And so I've I've been kind of out in the cold there. I did I picked it up on Xbox because it's been on sale for like the last four weeks on on xbox live to to buy it the digital version i only buy digital these days because i Mm -hmm. i feel less shame with my stack of shame if i can't physically see it
0: yeah i know what you mean (laughs) but the only downside is like for right now i'm running into the trouble like my ps4 is like at max capacity and i'm like i only have so many games i have a bunch of digital so that's the real problem but it's Mm -hmm. just like ah it makes me want to Trade in my PS3, trade in my PS4. I'll probably only get like forty bucks for both of them combined. And if then you're like, lucky. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's dis- it's disgusting, but I want to get one of those white PS4 pros when they come out. I know it comes with Destiny 2. I could really care less about that, but maybe I'll play it.
1: Doug likes I... everything better when it's white.
0: Oh god, that's not true. God.
2: <laughs> but no, the thing is it's well, got like was it I was think that? it's not it kind of
0: pop. No, it's
1: not. It's
2: <laughs> just making me look bad. But uh I,
0: I think it had a one terabyte the- hard drive, alt- if I'm alt- not mistaken. Right-
1: Alt-right
2: better than <laughs> silence podcast. <laughs> Hashtag M A <M-A-G-A>. G A. Oh man! <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, but, and then there's also something I wanted to ask you. How do you feel about Spider Man? Apparently, there's like, well, there. We talked on this show that there's a Venom movie on the horizon, and it's it's kind of controversial that the one person said the producer of the sh- of the movie is going to make it more like Zombieland and like a comedy, and we we're making well, comparisons. The, to yeah. Daredevil. It's the director
1: stuff. of Zombieland,
0: or not Daredevil? I meant uh. uh
1: De- wow. Deadpool. Deadpool, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, like I first
2: heard you guys Daredevil. say that, and a little piece <laughs> of me died inside. Yeah, I would settle for Daredevil. I mean, not Ben Affleck's Daredevil, but yeah, like Netflix Daredevil. I think that's probably the right tone. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Venom movie.
1: oh, season one of Daredevil, I really like. Season two, like the least interesting part was Daredevil and Elektra. Like everything else, that's- I was interested in.
2: I I feel like season two was two different seasons that were just kind of spliced together. And there was, there was the daredevil punisher saga, which was really Mm -hmm. entertaining and very well done. And there was daredevil Electra and, and I've seen it twice, mind you. And I still couldn't actually tell you what was going on.
1: (laughs) It's just like secret ninja society. And a lot of fight scenes that actually became too jarring to actually watch. Like I, I don't get motion sickness, but I just had trouble following anything that was happening because a lot of them were such in dark settings.
2: And they were so generic. I mean, yeah. for, for season one, where the fight scenes were, I, I found them to be very, uh, uh very jarring in, in, in a good way. Jarring in the sense of they were they were very brutal. And as, as a fight would probably go down if this was happening, it was less of the acrobatic flippy, kicky stuff. Mm-hmm. And... You had a little bit of that on the on the Punisher side where you saw like some fights that were more the the brutal style of, you know, this is how it would actually go down. But then you have all the ninja stuff and like ninjas are showing up out of nowhere, and then Daredevil just goes into the same generic ninja choreographed fight scene. There's no drama. At no point do I watch the scene and think, wow, I think the Daredevil and Electra are gonna lose this fight. Yeah. So yeah. So what's the point? Why why are you wasting my time with
1: it? Once they became the faceless ninja, it's like, well, n- no superheroes ever lost to the, you know, no name henchman number five. Like, so you know they're going <laughs> to get out of the fine, and that's why they had to introduce Sticks as like, he-, he wasn't even really a villain. Like, he was. They're still arguably on the same side. They just had different methodology. So, yeah, like, you know, he's not going to kill his father figure, even though they disagree so much.
2: Yeah, that was the, the whole reveal at the end. If you remember, like, I think it was the last episode where Daredevil was just, he was just getting his head handed to him by the ninjas because they put their, their weapons away and he mm-hmm. couldn't hear them. And at some point Stick says, just listen for them to breathe. And I think to myself, Daredevil didn't know to do that by himself. Good point. Isn't yeah. that
1: how he survived the last 20 it, years in New York City? Like,
2: yeah, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think you really had to say, by the way, listen. Oh, I'm <laughs> supposed to listen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Stop Whoa. trying to smell them and
1: listen. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: and wow. I th- yeah. I, think I was doing fights- like sonar location and stuff. That was way <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> I think those fight scenes really like stand out because in the first season they had the homage hallway fight scene to Old Boy, and that's where a lot of that grittiness comes from, where he's exhausted mm-hmm. and just barely gets through it. And the that, second
2: that fight was at the end of episode two is the one you're talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. That that was. Probably the most cinematically perfect fight scene I've ever seen. Uh, the hidden cuts were great because they make it seem like it's one long fight. Cause mm-hmm. if he goes in and out of a room when the camera holds, they yeah. can stop. They, they can give him a break. They can give the actors a chance to reset. But to us, the viewer, it just looks like this nonstop, brutal fight. And, and you felt it. You, you, I mean, it was just, it, it was this primal instinct that you have watching him where you can kind of feel him getting weaker, his broken I think he had a whole bunch of broken ribs and stuff while he was doing this and you mm-hmm. felt it, you really felt it and I thought it was a masterpiece.
1: It was incredibly well done and I saw Old Boy much later, well later than Daredevil mm-hmm. but recent to this point in time yeah. um, but in Daredevil it's all vertical, it's all facing down the hallway from the camera's perspective where in Boy, it's all horizontal, it's all like a side scrolling shot almost mm-hmm. and I thought that it having it shoot down the hallway actually made it feel almost less claustrophobic, even though there's less space to see, like it was distance wise. Yeah. But like you said, they're going in and out of the room so that you could go through the other like other parts of the building while the camera stayed still. Whereas in Old Boy it was all done in that hallway. Both incredibly well done. But I think that's what added to like the danger of the fight and made it seem like he's struggling. He's just some guy still, like he's not Captain America where he's got the super soldier serum and like enhanced endurance or strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. And where in season two, the big epic fight scene was down the stairwell and elevator shaft of the building, I think, either in episode one or episode two. And yeah, that was that, episode two, episode two. And it was so much more exaggerated and fantastical where he's going through the whole building where it was entertaining. Sure. But like we said, it's also a bit more jarring because it's flying around this whole stairwell. And also a bit more ridiculous because he's flying around the whole stairwell. Like, (laughs) so I think that, like, those are two definitive points you can compare between season one and two and see where they divulged. That makes sense. Um. Mm How do we get on this? (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, it seems like you guys are, you guys are destined to talk on this. This is awesome. (laughs) There's all sorts of, uh, hero talk and stuff. Oh, pun intended. Uh, so, (laughs) so. You guys do lots of movie like talks on your show and stuff. So yes. I was going to say, is there any movies this year that you're looking forward to? Or not even just this year, maybe on the horizon, extending to next year? On the horizon.
2: Well, so one thing that I've I haven't done it very intentionally yet because I felt like it was a little too on the nose, but I have yet to do the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I've only seen, what, the first two? <laughs> I
2: forget first,
0: if I even saw the full What, four. Dark
1: Knight, Dark Knight Returns, and Dark Knight Rises? Is the third it's one? It's
2: Batman Begins, or Batman. Dark Knight, yes, yes. and See, Dark Knight Rises. that's
1: where it all fucks up. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: I knew I saw Batman Begins for sure, but...
2: Yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure they probably wanted to call it The Dark Knight Begins. I, I just feel like, it, in my head, there was some executive going, but it has to say Batman in the title. Yeah.
1: If if not everyone knows that he's called the Dark Knight, if it doesn't say Batman, they won't know. It's like, yeah, I know people are dumb, but like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, he's fucking Batman. The <laughs> you symbols can see right it. there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I mean, I think once after Batman Begins came out, then uh, Chris Nolan probably just got carte blanche to just do do your thing, man. Just keep printing us money.
1: Yeah. And then <laughs> the third one happened, and they took all that carte blanche away. Yeah.
2: The, the third one was. The third one, unfortunately, so I saw it opening day. And then, of course, without getting into too much real life drama Mm -hmm. associated with it, knowing what I knew about what happened in Colorado, watching it that day was very upsetting. And I think it's why I that's not a movie I've gone back to, because, you know, when you watch that and there are points in the movie where guys burst in rooms with guns to surprise people. And it's. It went from being fantastical entertainment to just a little too close to home. And even to this day, I still don't like
1: watching that movie.
0: That makes sense. It's just got that negative association with it with that event. And it was just a horrible thing.
1: Yeah. I remember waiting like maybe a week or two or like to see it. Like I remember I wasn't there day one because of that.
2: I, uh, I had already bought my ticket and I, I regretted that. I really, I really should have just pushed it and moved it to a different day.
1: Yeah. But then there's, Chris Owens even said he planned on doing more stuff with Heath Ledger and the Joker, maybe not as the main focus, like, villain, but he's gonna be involved in the story. So, to have him die in the second one, like, after the second one, that fucked up all of the third one as well. So, yeah, yeah like, that was even more of a real life drama intervening with the movie itself.
2: Yeah, and that's, it's what's, what's awful about that is, in addition to just the inherent tragedy of we lost, uh, a, a young man far too soon, Mm-hmm. Is when, when you get to the third movie and there's no reference to him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's almost, and I get that they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to take away from what he did in The Dark Knight. But at that point, the absence of reference to the Joker becomes a distraction in and of itself.
1: Mm-hmm. It makes it seem episodic as opposed to an actual world. It just seems very like right. movie of the week. That makes Especially sense. Especially
2: when it had, it had so many callbacks to Batman begins.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So when when you go back to the first one, uh, more than once, and but you never go back to the second one, which was the far more popular movie. It was it's it's distracting because you're you wonder the whole movie, are they gonna are they gonna reference it? Are they gonna even make the slightest acknowledgement of that movie? And I hear the novelization of the movie did of all places, but the movie itself did not. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I definitely see it as the weakest of the trilogy, but I also don't hold. Nolan accountable for it. I know so much happened outside of his hands that kind of ruined it, intervened with the movie. But I do got to wonder what the hell went on with Bane and his voice. Because in the first trailer for it, he had the... Yeah, you couldn't (laughs) understand him at all. And then they're like, all right, we'll take out some of the distortion and pitch him up. It's like, all right, now he just sounds squeaky and like a Muppet. Like, this is worse. Yeah. So, I, but I don't, of course,
2: the fire <laughs> rises. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, oh, I got to understand, like, that, I, th- what happened there? Like, if there's not some sort of, like, external, like, executive decision for that, like, if that was all Nolan and his team, like, why? What ha- what decided that that was going to be Bane's voice?
2: Somebody somewhere thought it was cool, and they sold Chris on it, I'm sure. I'm sure this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. And they sold Chris on it, and he was like, all right, well, let's go with it. And then the preview comes out and no one can understand a word he's saying. Yeah. And they think, well, we either got to subtitle this guy or we got to make it more. Didn't at first they say something really stupid like, well, that's we we want him to be hard to understand. We're not going to change it.
1: They wanted to do that. That, It was intentional the first time. I don't know what happened the second time. Like they made him sound like an aristocrat, like a Bon Vivant. Like, oh, yeah. So, like he's made (laughs) like comes from money or something. It's like. Who's a Monopoly guy coming in with a gas mask on? Like,
0: yeah, I like your s- subtitle suggestion, though. And it's like, he's still speaking English, but we have to subtitle him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've seen some movies where, like, my dad's uh, getting older and he has subtitles on if he can't hear something. But there are some characters that we were watching Game of Thrones, I think, where I'm like, thank God the subtitles are on. Because yeah. I can't understand this accent at all. Yeah,
2: I, I got to be honest with you. When I watch, like, The Flash and, and Arrow, I put subtitles on because those characters talk so fast.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
2: And I know like, I feel like an old man saying that, but I mean, seriously, uh, Felicity talks so fast <laughs> on Arrow.
1: It's, it just... Anytime I hear her talking, I just flash up like Adam Sandler from Billy Madison. We're just like, slow down. He's <laughs> like, just like, you gotta chill.
0: Well, this the whole uh, subtitle talk kind of segues into like one of our main topics for this episode, um, the, the Castlevania Netflix series. All right. So yes. we can dive into that because it was fantastic. But super. I bring that up because I did at one point, I couldn't understand what Trevor was saying because he's just mumbling <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So I oh, literally yeah. put on a subtitle just to see what he said one line and it was super unimportant. But. Overall, we can, <laughs> let's just kind of go start to finish, like, get some ideas on how we felt about it. Uh, Greg, what were your initial thoughts?
2: All right. Are we, are we spoiling? Can we do uh, that? Yeah, I
0: think, uh, listener, if you don't want to get this spoiled, you might want to skip the next, like, ten minutes. I'm not sure how long yeah. this will take.
1: <laughs> Listen yeah. at your own risk. It's four episodes, and they're all, like, 22 minutes or so, like a regular length of a show. You can knock this out in a day. Like, it's the length oh, of yeah. a movie. So I did it out. all
2: last night. All last night, and nice. yeah, so if I did. I found the Saturday. time to do it. You absolutely have the time to do it. Well, then you can audience.
0: You can go check it out, audience, and then come back to us. So, just if you don't want it spoiled, but if you don't yeah. care, check it out.
1: Mm-hmm. It's also because it's only four episodes. It's not like this huge narrative. Like it's it was more of a test to see if this would do well on Netflix, and it did. After the first day, it got renewed for a second season, and that's going to be a bigger story. So. so it
2: would it would almost have to be because this when i I remember thinking at some point, and I think it was uh maybe at the end of episode two, I thought, if they don't get this moving along, we're not going to get very far in the story before the season's over, yeah, <laughs> and I was right, so yeah uh so I liked it i I mean it was very, very gory, so they they have that going for <laughs> it, and some people might like it, some people might not i i there were a couple of points where I thought they maybe crossed the line of good taste, but Uh, I mean,
1: into great taste. Yeah, friends
2: into cannibalism, (laughs) so don't ignore (laughs) them. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not against you, you know, gore or anything like that. I understand it's at a time and a place, and especially in an animated Mm -hmm. scene like this, where you can kind of push the envelope a little bit more because it's not going to be as disturbing as if it was portrayed realistically. However, there, I just felt they pushed it a little too far in some points, and then I felt. What happened is immediately once I I got a feel for what was going on and as soon as I got my head wrapped around it I was basically playing through Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse in my head while I was watching it trying to figure out and place like what scene was this in that game and so I felt like I spent the entire time just waiting for Sifa and Alucard to show up and still kind of waiting on I, I think there was another guy Drake from the game that I was still sort of waiting on but i I kind of felt that was a distraction because i was I was trying to anticipate what was gonna happen next and trying to place everybody's voices from where I knew them from because that's something I do because I'm insane a little bit inside <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair <laughs> well, that's like if you read a book like and then go see the movie. it's like you know what's coming, and the anticipation yes. for that is kind of distracting you from what's happening at the moment
2: yeah Sir. but i I mean generally, I thought it was very well done uh it w- it's very highly stylized, but it worked and mm-hmm. it's st- thus far remaining pretty loyal to castlevania lore as it, to the extent that I know it, so I'm definitely I, I've been enjoying it
0: i um I was actually on another podcast. I'll plug it at the end to spare our listeners now, but uh, we were talking yeah. about no <laughs> we were talking about this, and he was basically saying that uh. He wasn't sure. He played Castlevania Three. I haven't played it in years, so I can't really reinforce whether or not this is true or not. But he wasn't positive if there was a real explanation as why Dracula decided to unleash this horde of demons on the land of what is it, Wallachia? Um, is yeah. that do you recall, Greg, if that was in the actual game? Or is that just them like it's more just story setup? Like the first episode is the explanation of why that happened. And spoiler, it's because the church decides to burn his wife at the stake.
1: Yeah. So Doing what churches it, do best
2: yeah this this uh i'm I am not Catholic, but <laughs> even i some even I was watching thinking like wow these Catholics are they're really giving it to' them in this in this show yeah um so it was in in the game itself, and I did a little bit of research on this because I'm a podcast host who talks about shows and movies, so I do <laughs> research um uh, we don't in in, in in the original game, all it basically said was that Uh, Dracula has a horde that was ravaging through uh, Europe trying to exterminate humankind, and Trevor Belmont was called by the church to put a stop to it after a long excommunication. So later games kind of built on that lore, and they actually added that the reason why he was doing it was because his second wife, Lisa, Alucard's mother, was burned at the stake, which was in keeping with what the story set up, so... Uh, the game, Castlevania 3, didn't necessarily mention Lisa or what happened, but that was fleshed out in later games. I think Symphony of the Night went into it a little bit.
1: Okay. Gotcha. I was lucky enough that I grew up when the games were out, and I played a fair bit of, like, a few of them. I couldn't even tell you which ones, though, so I've never beaten them, and I, honestly, I didn't really know there was much of a, a story or any lore to it. I thought it was just, there's Dracula, and then there's the Belmont family who keep trying to kill Dracula. And like that's all I got in the third, and in uh, one of them you play as Alucard. Like that's all I knew. So Mm -hmm. I, what I went into this not even knowing if Trevor was an actual character or if he was made up for the show. Me too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, So so as soon as I heard
2: Trevor, I knew Dracula Three.
1: Yeah. So it works well going in blind, and it's cool to know that there is actual like this is actually connecting to the games that i played some of but not nearly enough of mm-hmm. so
0: what were you guys thoughts of trevor and like the introduction of his character the whole bar fight scene in fact that was my first first like pet peeve with the show it was like a bar fight scene where it seems like he loses like the last moment of the scene <laughs> is they bash him with a chair and then the next second he's walking out of the building just fine it i guess they kind of left it up to your imagination to you being like oh well he kicked everyone's ass and walked out but i'm like it just looked like he just got his ass kicked and was, like, going to be knocked out or something. And then, I don't... And I, in my mind, as I'm watching that, I'm like, oh, they'll come back and explain that in, like, another scene and be like, show him kick their asses or, like... But I'm like, it, ah, I don't know. It was weird.
1: Well, fight scenes are expensive, especially in animation. So, mm-hmm. they definitely... <laughs> were, if you watch any, like, animated thing, you'll see they look for a hard out, like, wherever they can get it in, like, a big fight scene. Because, like, you can't, you can't make the whole show or episode that because it's very expensive
0: yeah i do i do like like his character though he's just like very like well the world sucks it's like yeah all these demons are overtaking this land and he's the last son of the belmont family so like all your family's dead you guys all you're you're destined to fight monsters so he's just out getting drunk and just being like very laxadaisical he's like i don't really care and it's like i appreciate that that's his attitude because that i think most people would probably be that way if they were in his shoes
2: I get mm-hmm. it. I just, I feel like it was very, uh, cliche and I don't want to nitpick it too bad, but that's kind of my thing. Yeah. I, I, I felt like I've seen this character before in probably a dozen other movies or let me guess. So you're the great hero and you used to be really good and you're, you're the one guy who can save everybody, but you're really down on life and down on the world around you and you don't actually care. And, you just want to watch the world burn or whatever. That
0: is kind of cliche. I see what you're yeah, getting at. It
2: happens all the time. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just wait for you to meet whoever you're going to meet who's going to inspire you to try to save mankind. And oh, look, here's Sifa. There we go. Yep. Done.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I I heard someone talking about, it was actually a baby driver, which I saw. And they're saying like, this one character was pretty tropey. And so I realized like, tropes, tropes aren't necessarily bad. It's how they're used. Because every story has a trope. To some degree or not, some are very innovative and have very few, or some are very generic and are Michael Bay and have a billion. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, initially when I saw Trevor, uh, the biggest complaint I heard of the whole series is he mumbles and it's he's very quiet as opposed to the rest of the shows so that people can't hear him. So I listen to ninety percent of things with headphones on, so I I didn't have that problem. But okay. I know I'm in the minority there. So yeah, he definitely comes off initially as a pretty standard kind of character. He's the smartass who's kind of tired of everyone's shit, and he's an outcast, and from this great lineage, so he has the burden of the family weight, and he's kind of escaping that by going to this bar as well, and, but that's, that's kind of a trope I love, like, in my mind, he was just a more cynical Gerald of Rivia from Witcher. Yeah. And I was just like, done. I'm sold. I love it. Hey, that's this what I mean. I
0: connected with him. I was actually okay with it. And uh, there's like, there's, uh, they've kind of put comedy in there at certain points at, at sometimes, mm-hmm. like, wh- like when he's fighting Alucard and he like kicks him in the nuts and it's like a call back to the bar fight and he's like, yeah. oh, use some class or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty cool.
1: Exactly. He, he's down on his luck. Like you said, he's the last of his family. And he's been exiled from the church his whole family has for doing a greater service to the world. Like, for doing the right thing and stopping them from annihil- annihilating humanity. They're exiled and has since been killed. And yeah, I'd be getting myself pissed drunk watching the world burn around me too if that happened. Like, fuck everyone else. So it's understandable, and you're sympathetic to that. Um, you see the characters around him his fellow countrymen of just dumb slack-jawed idiots. The one farmer's talking about how he had to beat this other guy off of his goat that he was fucking, like... So, they just get very... Well, what it,
2: would you do if you saw that, honestly? <laughs> w- wouldn't you yeah. hit him with a shovel, too?
1: It's fair, yeah, it's absolutely fair. But then you find out, like, they're all... Like, he's talking to his brother, and then I think his other brother comes running it, like, so they're all pretty related, and the bartender's on their side who knows them. Um, so it was good, good at developing, like, who they are, because they've already clearly shown the church by this point in the episode, and how despicable the organized bodies that run most of the cities are. Mm-hmm. So they're showing, like, even the common folk are dicks and hate them. And I, I I greatly enjoyed it, so... But I'm also biased a bit because, you know, like, we've talked about I'm a sucker for a lot of gore and just super dark humor where he's just, like, where... What is it? I think it's, like, the fight scene with the priest. He, the, he takes out the whip and pops out his eyeball, like, right yeah. out of the socket. And it's just like, oh, shit! Like, he doesn't even think twice about that. So, like, I... These are all a lot of the tropes I really enjoy, plus great animation. I think solid voice acting, even though it was a bit quiet, I thought it fit the mood. You know, Trevor is probably a character who doesn't speak to anyone unless he has to. So if you've ever had days where you wake up at 8 a.m. but don't speak to anyone until 6 p.m., like your voice is kind of shot, so, you you know, you're not prepared for it. So I can kind of understand that.
0: Yeah, the animation is exceptional, and, like, especially mm-hmm. some of the fight scenes, like, they really use the medium to their advantage, so, like, he's doing <laughs> shit that's, like, absolutely impossible in the real world, like, like you said, the whip scene with the eyeball, and then, like, the next thing, like, he throws a sword, and it hits an archer, and then that archer, as he's dying, shoots the other archer, yeah. it's, like, unbelievable <laughs> shit. It's that's a Rube actually,
1: Goldberg machine of murder, and I, I would have cool. at least
2: appreciated if, if at some point Trevor had said, after that happened, like, well, that was a freebie. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, right? Like, it was... It was cool to even see those kind of things pan out, because it's like, so, uh, like, he's screwed, but no, he's not, because he's, like, incredible. So, that kind of stuff was cool. But uh, there's a couple things that I do want to complain about. Uh, One thing that I noticed other people were upset is that there's no real, like, callback to the soundtrack of the games in, in this show. Like, there's no Castlevania real, like, nostalgic music. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I agree. There wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah. I, it's,
0: I was entertaining the idea on the other podcast I was on. It's like, maybe they didn't have the rights and it was like a separate thing, but it's think, you think wow. it'd be like a packaged deal. Like you have Castlevania, like, I don't know.
1: It's possible that the composer had the rights to it, but I highly doubt it, especially for, what well, was it? Castlevania. This is based off Castlevania three. Three. Yes. Yeah. That far into the franchise. I'm almost certain the developers would hold on to everything. So yeah. like, say for instance, The Watchmen. Uh, that was written by Alan Moore, but he doesn't have the rights to it. That's owned by mm-hmm. DC Comics, yeah. and that's why they keep making more and more stuff to it, like a prequel and a spinoff and another sequel, and Alan Moore is going to die. He's going to go on a murder yeah. rampage. You already said and he was I can't wait. In his
0: grave. <laughs> no, I'm
1: kidding. I mean, I th- he's not dead. I, <laughs> I just think he sleeps in a grave. This guy yeah, is yeah. insane.
2: <laughs> I just presumed he did, yeah. I, yeah. I- honestly, anything that makes Alan Moore mad makes me chuckle a little bit, <laughs> so... I'm okay with it, even though I don't think it was necessary, but I, the, I imagine Konami has to own this music. They got I, it. I don't, even if you couldn't get the, the Castlevania 3 music, which if you gun to my head, I couldn't pick out of a lineup if I had to, but I at least know some Castlevania-esque music. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not hard. I mean, it just get a pipe organ and have somebody play some ominous music in A minor or something. And there you go. Call it Dracula music. But there was nothing like that. It was, it was, very sparse and i i don't think it really served to create the 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 aura and and the atmosphere of castlevania yeah. and i i think i think in season 2 they should probably rectify that because people Agreed. will just keep complaining
0: oh for sure that's something they'd need to take our advice on
1: mhm yeah yes. i definitely think they would make that a priority in season 2 but i think like like i said this is kind of like a test for them so i think they might have either not have had any scenes that fit to any of the music they had because these games were made back in the day and only certain music types, like only certain music programs could be inserted into the game. So they might have been all higher pitch or like a lighter melody to it that fit the tone of the show or any particular scenes. Because most of the show takes place in like crabby little villages and then at the fourth episode, it's like an underground dungeon for I think the half of the last episode or mm-hmm. so. So there's not too many scenes, and maybe the very uh beginning intro scene for, like, the first five minutes or so. So I'm not sure if they could have found any music that would have portrayed, like, the town music is usually kind of waiting music. It's almost like, in most games, it's like elevator music, versus like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, that was uh, the Chinese Yeah, well, But, like, I was going to think of, like, the Pokemon, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Pokemon, like, Polka Center music, where it's just kind of like, filler music like you're here to restock on supplies and then keep on moving this isn't it's not super emotional music for the scene there's no real priority to that so i don't think any of that music would have fit in any of the village scenes so i don't know if they were really working with that in mind they were more working with this has to work and if this doesn't we wasted a shitload of money so but if they if uh what they already got the season two so i i definitely hope they work in some scenes that it would fit with and maybe not the exact same music because it wouldn't work, but like a re a cover of it or a remastering of that music.
2: Right. Somebody needs to rearrange it for an orchestra and get some recording down or at the very Mm -hmm. least have some talented composer sit down with a a synthesizer and put something together. But we, I, I you cannot have another full season and have nothing musically calling back to the Castlevania series.
1: Maybe they go into a castle that's like empty and Alucard finds a an organ and he just starts dilling around in it while trevor's like looking around and it's some of the music from like symphony of the night or something
0: yeah and it's like you alluded to earlier that it seems like the second season we expect it to be much longer like like brent said it's like a test a trial to see if like i guess they're gauging their audience to be like is this something it, people want
2: yes yeah, so- it have to be right because this was four episodes
0: it was, it's, yeah, th- that's one of the biggest complaints I'm reading about is people being, it's not enough, but I'm like, if it's a trial, I get it, and some people are mm-hmm. like, oh, it should have just been a movie, but like, eh, I, it, it worked as a show, it, it's, and that's the thing with Netflix, if it's an original Netflix thing, like, like they're designed to binge watch, so, I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it's a very unusual thing, because you, you're not gonna get feedback on it, you know, they they're gonna put four episodes out there, and then there's no adjusting midstream, it's... Mm-hmm. It, they're going to consume it, and they're going to either love it or hate it. So I can see where we don't want to put 23 episodes out there. Yes. And then everyone, after episode four, says, no, this is trash. You're <laughs> thinking, point. well, why yeah, did we well, waste all that time on 19 additional episodes then?
1: Well, even TV's done that with uh, AMC and The Walking Dead. I think it was only, s- like, uh, six episodes or so for the first season, and it was an initial test. And Robert Kirkman said, he's like, it was easy, it was more cost-efficient to film six episodes and edit that all together, then it would be to just do one pilot episode and test it on that. Like, but it also gave them a chance to flesh out the story better and show where it's going, as opposed to just having a, you know, 20 minutes to try and convey, uh, you know, a reason to, for the network to give them millions of dollars to shoot a whole season. Yeah. But with Netflix, you get the benefit of it being online. So they're, the company's more in tune with the online culture. So they can actually get, uh, sources from like Facebook or, you know people's influences from facebook and twitter and instagram and tumblr and all these other things seeing how well it's doing but it was also confirmed for the second season which will be eight episodes which i still uh i'm a little sad in that i think that's like i want more i really enjoyed Uh, i want more of it but yeah it's only eight episodes but that might be because now they're running into like budgeting problems like like i said animation's very expensive so maybe they're kind of like shit, this show's getting a little too expensive to do. Like, maybe we'll have to tune some stuff back, or maybe we'll tone down, like, some of the quality of it, Not
0: another Attack on Titan. No,
1: oh, no. God.
2: Uh-huh. Um, yeah. They they need to pick up the pace if they have eight episodes, because it took them four episodes just for Trevor to find his smile and decide he wanted <laughs> to start fucking back,
1: so... Yeah. Well, I'm thinking Netflix is already... T- I think Netflix already decided on what they were going to do with it. I think they were already deciding on a second season because the day after it was released, they're like, yeah, we're doing a second season. It's like, well, that was pretty quick. So (laughs) I think they were already confirmed with doing another season of it. And they were just waiting for it. Like, unless it was just a catastrophic disaster, like, this show is fucking awful. Then they might not have done it. But if it was like lukewarm or above, they were going to go ahead with it anyway. Yeah. Because, so, Netflix does want to do, I mean, they're, they're already doing a ton of more original content, but they've even said they want to cancel more stuff. And that sounds like a dick thing to do, but they're saying we want to experiment with even more stuff than they already have been. Like Black Mirror, I've been watching that lately, and it's three episodes for season one, four episodes for season two, and I think six episodes for season three. Okay. So it's it sucks that there's less content, but the quality of the content makes it better. It's the quality versus quantity argument, like Definitely. pretty uh, steadfast mm-hmm. here. So, if it is only eight episodes, but if it's going to be the quality as these four, I'm fine with that.
0: Oh, definitely. I think it's not arguable. The quality overall of this first four was pretty damn good. I I am going to go into my nitpicky stuff, though. The last two things that, like, just kind of didn't sit well with me, and it's, like, super nitpicky, but the church, Mm. obviously, they're painted in a bad way, and, like, you're, 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 Pinned against them and they're they're assholes for burning People and like the the guy's definitely Corrupt he's like oh I'm just using god as An excuse to get away with like being a Super overpowerful asshole
2: when a demon calls you out for being a hypocrite you <laughs> yeah. know you're a pretty right? big hypocrite yeah
0: <laughs> but the, their logic is i mean they're the bad guys so i guess it, it makes sense that their logic's so flawed that they're literally going to the point they're like oh we just have to kill this small group of people and then everything's going to go back to normal and it's like who said that and what made what put that thought into their into their minds and i mean i almost It sucks, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, spoilers, the speakers are saved and stuff, but, like, imagine if they just (laughs) slaughtered them, and it's like, and then the demons still come, it's like, then you guys literally just are now murderers, you already are murderers, because you burned a woman at the stake, but then you're, like, double murderers, because now you're just killing these people for no reason, and the demons are still here, so it's like, you guys are just idiots,
2: I don't know.
1: Double super secret murderers. Yeah, triple murderers. So, anyway,
2: as long as we're talking about the bishop, then anybody recognize his voice, because I did right away. Ooh, no. no.
1: And I'm mad because I knew there was like a big cast, and I'm like, I fuck, I'm better at voices than this. Like, I should yeah. know. So, who he is. the
2: Bishop was voiced by Matt Frewer, who most people will recognize as Max Headroom.
1: Damn it. That's right. Because I looked it up afterwards, and he's also, um, Dr. like Levy or something in Orphan Black. Because okay. I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. Mm-hmm. And then I saw he was Max Headroom, and I lost my mind. <laughs>
2: yep, he's from Orphan Black, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He was in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- I mean, he's. But Max Headroom is his big role because, because he's it Max just, Headroom.
1: It's just such a weird thing in our history. Yeah. yeah. I, I
2: heard him talk for the first time and I'm like, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> so I just kept listening. And then once, once I cracked it, once I thought that's Max Headroom's voice, then I knew, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: that's funny. That's like a superpower in and of itself being able to identify that.
1: <laughs> I'm glad they went with like a good, they just a great cast for the voices, but I'm glad they didn't go with like, all out with, like, an A-list or, like, Sean Bean as Trevor, like, because so much stuff happens like that with voiceover we're like, oh, we get it. You know, South Park did it as a joke where they got George Clooney to play Stan's dog, and all he did yep. was bark. <laughs> like, that was the joke of that back then. <laughs> but but then he there's did also, a
2: phenomenal job as that He dog, did a great job. It was gr- we need to it was acknowledge that.
1: I believed it was a dog. Yeah, but then there's movies like The Nut Job and, like, Madagascar where they have, like, uh, Bruce Willis as, like, the lead, mm-hmm. and the is part of the reason why animation's expensive to begin with, but that's also another reason why studios are hesitant because to get these A-list casters just is such a big payout to them for doing pretty nominal work for compared to what they're used to, and it and also not trained for. They're trained for on-screen acting, and mm-hmm. it just raises the cost of these films so much to get an A-list art. If you put if you put up like ten voiceover samples for me, I couldn't identify Bruce Willis at all because I know him as the angry bald guy from all the Die Hard movies, like. I don't know his voice. He's not known for his voice acting.
0: Yippee-ka-yay, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> yeah, they want the recognition and putting the name on the posters and like promotional stuff. And that's what jacks up the price for everything. So I'm glad they went with good actors as opposed to like well-known. Like, like you said, I didn't know most of this cast, but it's, they did a great job.
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, final uh, thought, I think, here for Castlevania is, um, and it's something that I find annoying in most all video games, movies, anime, whatever, it's when someone falls through the fucking floor and goes, like, 20 to 30 to 50 to hundreds of feet that they're falling through, like, in <laughs> the air, and then they land, and then just get right up. And, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't... It would be much less interesting to watch them moan and groan and be like, oh, my God, my back and shit. But it's <laughs> yeah. just like,
2: oh, I, no, my leg is shattered. My exactly. Right? What <laughs> gonna
0: do? Uh, then the show's over. But like, that's the thing, though. Like, I swear to God, I don't know if it was episode three or two or what, but the, oh, it was almost the entire episode. They're falling through floors. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then every other mo- minute, they're just getting up and running to the next room. I'm like, you guys are dead. But that's just me being <laughs> yeah. nitpicky. What?
2: It, to to be fair, uh, I've played the Castlevania games, and you can fall a pretty far way in those games and still be <laughs> all no right. no fall
1: so. damage. There we go. I used to have a problem like that. I used to be extremely nitpicky with stuff, and I've tried been trying to get better with it. And that's one I learned to just let go. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you want realism in your stuff, you're going to have very boring television and movies.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so, for example, yeah. uh, realism. Christopher Reeves fell off a horse and was paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, Natasha Jesus, Richardson. Friend. The mom from The Parent Trap and Liam Neeson's wife, she fell down skiing on a bunny slope and hit her head and died, like, almost instantly, like, within the week. Like, that's realism, and that sucks. That's boring as shit. And so, depressing like,
0: as shit. God damn it. Bro. We'll just refer I mean, you to happened. the Realism Sucks episode. It was
2: a week what? ago. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. When, can we talk about the Holocaust
1: now, Oh, uh, please. Maybe <laughs>
0: it <laughs> God damn. Um, all right. I think we've had a pretty good discussion on Castlevania. Any final thoughts on that before we maybe move on and play a conversation game?
1: Oh, my yes. God, it's
2: been almost the whole episode. <laughs> so what What was Dracula's motivation? Sometimes he says he just wants to kill Kalia. Sometimes he says he wants to kill all the humans. Uh, he's, he gave a bunch of people a chance, like, you can leave after a year, and then nobody left somehow. Wait, I'm so glad
0: you <laughs> mentioned that, because that that's yeah. the first thing that stuck out in my mind, and I am i can't believe I forgot to bring it up. But, yeah, it's what kind of logic is that? It's like, I'm so mad at, at all of you that I'm going <laughs> to so give you an angry. entire year to just get the fuck out of here.
1: Well, they explain that after he tells everyone, it's not a year to give them to- time to escape. It's a year for him to build up his army. He's not doing it for them. He's doing it to like, resupply uh, all the Yeah, but, but why okay. even
2: why even give the year warning? Like, why not just say, I'll get you, and then just leave it at that? Why say, you have a year to leave I think it, that was,
0: uh, the, his yeah. wife, his dead wife's, like, it gave him, like, some kind of empathy, even though it didn't last very long, but it made well, him... Well, he
1: gave it to that woman he who He explicitly told him said his it. empathy was done after that woman. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could throw it to, he was being illogical with the rage and he just wanted to confront the, his wife's murderers. Uh, he wanted it to show off his power and show them, like, you got a year to escape, like, I'm gonna murder the hell out of all of you. Like, one scene I loved in particular is Trevor goes into a town, and the shopkeeper is pushing with a broom the intestines of, like, his neighbor off of his, like, shop stand. Where it's just like, yep, it's Tuesday, gotta wipe the intestines off my shop. Like, it's savage. Yeah. So, um yeah, but that also did stick out to me, like, why Dracula gave, like, the warning. Like, I would, like, I thought that ex- the pillar of fire in the distance would have been enough, like, for people to go, like, oh, shit, what's going on? Yeah. But, yeah, that is... You know, you, you always have to have the villain kind of confront and monologue and, like, give the big speech, I guess.
0: Also, why did they keep around a gigantic mountain of dead bodies? Like, that cannot be healthy or smell good at all. Like, Trevor's standing right over and spits on him. I'm like, more likely you'd be throwing up. Like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs>
2: well, what are they supposed to do with him?
1: Yeah, what are you, you going to do? I guess
0: burn them in a, like, a, a way because, like, you got to just not have them lay around all the time. I don't know. I guess I'm not sure. One
1: of those smells great. <laughs> burning wet the- hair <laughs> there we
0: go
1: good <laughs> wet hair smells bad let's burn the hair burning hair smells bad now multiply that by a thousand and that's all those bodies
2: yeah i do mm-hmm. like in colons colons uh, in there too I d- oh yeah just warning you
0: oh god that's gross uh i do like how the dracula's castle is like very like complex and like almost like mc escher-esque uh, so to speak
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm his library is just insanely huge, and I'm yeah. just like, alright, this makes sense. Like, it kind of explains why he can do all this crazy stuff, besides, you know, just, like, magic. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I'm a sucker for it, because it hit, like, all the tropes that, like, I love. So, yeah, yeah. I also have, like, the, the stone-eyed cyclops, where it's like, oh, it's a mythological creature everyone knows, but with a different twist, he can turn people to stone.
2: Mm, straight so, from I, the game.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, alright, well then, Let's see uh, if we can play. That was our Castlevania episode. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) We highly recommend that show. Uh, Let's play a quick game of What's That Sound? All right, so we're playing What's That Sound. Uh, Bren, you had one more thing you wanted to say?
1: One thing I almost forgot, um, the producer of Castlevania, Addie Shankar, um, is trying to get, uh, Metroid si- series going, and Ooh. I don't know if it's with Netflix or if it's somewhere else, but he's trying to get that going. And
2: oh my God, that'd I'm, be so good. I, I'd love to see you get the same treatment. Absolutely, too, It'd be I
1: amazing. Would. He's known, I, I don't think he was a director, I think he was a producer as well, but there was like a power, uh, like fan-made Power Rangers trailer going around for a while or like short film. I think it was like eight minutes. So that's not a trailer. Um, but it was like super gritty post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah, with thing. with
2: Dawson's Creek in it.
1: Yeah, the guy from Dawson's <laughs> Creek, I, James yeah, Van Der Sorry, yeah, I blamed it. for a second there, I <laughs> and I just said Dawson's Creek. Um, yeah, and then like, uh, I forget his name, but like the Black Power Ranger was like a Tybo sort of fitness trainer guy, and there's a scene mm-hmm. where he gets attacked by like I get I forget monsters or mafias or something, but he's in the iconic like Power Ranger suit, like it's identical, but he's just jacked as all hell and like m- cutting people in half and having stuff, and it was. Mm -hmm. awesome and i got a lot of attention and actually got taken down um from i think the developers of the movie or something like they had a cease and desist because of it it's still out there like you can find it it's the internet it's always existing katie setkoff
2: Um, was in that too
1: yeah it was a big cast like he got a lot of people involved so i don't know how much exactly he's involved with everything as a producer producers can are known to be doing either very little on stuff or a ton of work and it sounds like he's very involved with all his projects So he wants to get a Metroid uh, series going in the same vein as Castlevania. And I heard someone pitch out the idea, like, what if it was all done with zero dialogue, like, no voiceover? And I think that would be incredible. It would be very difficult to do, incredibly difficult to do. But if you can do that right, the payoff for that would be phenomenal.
2: Yeah. I was even thinking when you said Metroid, I'm like, who is Samus going to talk to? There's usually no no one else there. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's usually machines or holograms talking to her and then she just gets that information and moves on like she doesn't have to speak ever and it would be it would be great if it was like aliens right at the very end she shoots ripley and just says like get the fuck away from her or something like <laughs> one line where it just blows ripley away and then that's the end of the series like oh it could be amazing and i really want that yeah so,
0: i think that's a great hopefully, suggestion
1: hopefully that's good hopefully it gets in development because. Metroid doesn't get enough attention, well, is not on Nintendo.
0: The same person is working on an Assassin's Creed one, and it's like, you could drop that yeah, and go Metroid for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I've I've Assassin's Creed's kind of been done to death, I think. Yeah,
0: pretty much. All right, so we are playing a game, though. So I do have three sounds for you guys. Uh, the the glaring hint here is that, Greg, I know you've played all of these games from listening to some of your content on Enthusiasts. So <laughs> okay. let's see what you guys make of sound number one.
1: Dodge Seize him! Seize him! Don't hurt him. He's just a poor mad beggar. After him! Don't let him get away!
2: Don't worry, my dear.
1: You won't get far.
2: Okay. Hang on. Okay. No, I know this game. I'm trying (laughs) to think which one it is.
1: I... I feel
2: like I All might right, so have. That, heard. that feels like Prince of Persia 2.
0: It is. Oh my god. That is fantastic. It <laughs> the, is
2: The Shadow and the Flame was yes. the subtitle.
0: Yeah, that uh. is correct. And wow, I I wasn't sure if you were gonna pull that one out of your memory or not. It was probably on a much older episode that you mentioned it, but I thought that was like that's too good to pass up. What a and looking at the gameplay and everything, it mm-hmm. looks like an old old, old classic.
2: I I was <laughs> playing that sucker on an old tandy computer. And it was the first game I ever played that that had actual voice acting to it that was yep. out there, and and I I, I remember you know th- that scene right at the very beginning, and then the prince escapes, and there's this rooftop ba- roof, rooftop battle, and as he would knock guys off the edge, they made a very realistic splat for guys hitting hitting the <laughs> hitting the ground off screen. Oh, and it definitely, was, it was so satisfying. I used to just spend a good hour. Just knocking guys off the edge just to hear that sound over and over again. That's hilarious. <laughs> I might have problems.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, but Castlevania crossed the line. Yeah.
2: That's hilarious.
1: I didn't actually I remember not to, like not as a kid, I didn't know Prince of Persia was like an older series. I remember the first 3D one on what, Xbox or PS2. Right. And I thought that was an original IP, and then I was very surprised to learn that there's much older games. Much older. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah. I think even the sound I got from uh, YouTube it was like it said MS DOS or something. I was like, wow, that's that's interesting.
2: Oh, it was. Yeah.
0: It um sure was. Okay. Well oh. you got that sound correct. Uh you only need to get two of the three to win, but let's see what you make of sound number two now.
1: Good morning, Henry. Well, I guess good afternoon. <laughs> you probably slept like a rock. Anyway, uh there's still a few hours of daylight to get some work in. I can see you at your desk, so call me when you're ready all right that's firewatch uh
0: yes it is
1: Oh, uh, i uh,
0: did you think you were gonna get that bren
1: i i definitely heard it before and i kind of recognize the woman's voice i think what well, one track gamers had her it on yes yeah. something
0: a sissy jones sissy, sissy jones, jones.
1: Yep. um if uh if the uh, what, uh harry uh talked is uh rich sommer or from mm-hmm. uh madman and stuff if he talked i definitely would have
0: gotten it gotcha yep yeah yeah. in that clip he does not speak but no greg you were on fire that was real quick and you jumped right on that so you guys already win but i do have a third sound let's see if you could pull off the hat trick listen to sound number three now all
1: right look i thought they were just by the cathedral Oh shit! get out Okay,
2: we're
0: good. Yeah, nice to meet you too, Shoreline. Seems like they were expecting us. And like they're searching away from the cathedral. Which means we should get to that graveyard pronto. Exactly.
1: Oh, uh-huh. yeah, okay.
0: You got it? Okay, so what are you guys thinking? I guess, uh, Brent, it sounds like you definitely know it. What do you think? I definitely know. Greg. Uh, shoot.
2: Um, lots of guns. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, there's
1: a good good 20 seconds you could have cut out. Of <laughs> yeah, my bad.
2: <laughs> oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if I could place it. Oh, there's a lot I... of talk about graveyards and cathedrals. I, I'm guessing mm. Resident Evil, but I couldn't. Uh, Resident Evil 6? I don't know. No. That's but a guess. That
0: is a great guess. I'll, it's definitely not uh Bren. I'll let you take a stab at it.
1: I had a hint at it like the first few seconds I, I had an idea and it was really confirmed once there was actual talking at the Uh Do you want to take another guess, Greg? Cuz I No, just just go ahead and say it. Uh I don't know which one, but it's Uncharted.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. It is Uncharted 4. Um it's just oh, random no, I haven't gameplay. I played
1: Uncharted 4. Okay. Oh,
0: then oh, then I, I misled you. I
1: didn't, <laughs> I didn't play 4. And I want to say it's because I recognize Nolan North's voice, but he's in literally every video well, game Well, yeah, that, I mean, that years. didn't help. I recognized <laughs> it was
2: Nolan North, but I'm sitting there yeah. like, gosh, Nolan North's in everything.
0: Oh, but if I'm not mistaken, you own the Uncharted games, but just haven't played them. That's what confused me. <laughs> I do, me. yes, that okay. is correct.
1: <laughs> I, I own them and have not played them. Uh, you you pulled played... a sound clip from my stack of shame. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I played up to three. I think I stopped at four, and I just, I, they were enjoyable. I just have no interest in them
0: hey well you guys totally nailed that to- uh definite win good job at- what's that sound that's
1: good everyone I that was wins gonna this gonna be embarrassing so i'm kind of happy yeah <laughs> everyone wins this game except for me
0: pretty much uh <laughs> let's do some plugs and wrap this episode up uh Greg, uh we know you have a podcast and enthusiasts.com is do you have Twitter handles like I guess you could talk about any of the shows that you do.
2: Sure. All right. So if you want to check out any of our interviews and articles and even some of the links to our let's plays and and other podcasts, you can go to enthusiasts.com. I recommend my own podcast obviously, the Real Hero Talk. I have two sister casts, Point Streak, which is a, an episode about games and the issues that concern gamers. And Behind the Line Radio, which is our resident uh, enthusiast who is an industry insider and brings in some of his friends from the gaming industry, and they talk about some current events and current issues within the gaming industry from an insider's perspective. Uh, If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at JudgeGregIsLaw. If you want to follow Enthusiacs, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Enthusiacs.
0: Awesome. That's great. And Bren, how about you? I'm sure it's the same.
1: Yeah, same as always. I got, I mean, I actually got a job now, which is great. Woo! But, yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna have to sign 40 more NDAs so I won't be able to talk about anything ever about it. So, yeah, uh, ABTS Brennan on Twitter. That's it.
0: Cool. And listener, if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. Same th- for Twitch. Uh t- try to Twitch stream every Tuesday and Thursdays at eight. I'm getting back into Rocket League. I, s- I have so many games on my play. It's not even funny. I could be playing Crash, I, I could be playing Prey, Ukulele, Need for Speed, Attack on Titan. It's a it's a joke right now. Like
1: <laughs> I mean, you got like maybe like ten games you could play. Mark has like two hundred and fifty. Okay. That makes me feel a little better
0: yeah, like, than you
1: feel fine. Yeah. I thought once I got a job, I was like, oh, I'll start streaming again. And like in the interview, they're just like, yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of overtime. I'm like, cool. And it's like an hour up to two hours away. So I'm like, cool. That's not good. You Um. guys won't hear from me for a bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There we go. And listener, tell a friend if you know anyone who might like our show. Tell them to subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. We really appreciate that kind of stuff. Oh, and before I forget, I was on previous guest of the show, Pat Johnston's podcast, The Melting Pat, which you can find at nextlevelradioonline.com. I believe I was on episode 96. We talked a little bit about Castlevania, like I said, and some other stuff. So I would
2: recommend our listeners go check that out.
1: But we will be yeah, back if next- they li- if they like Castlevania specifically. Share this episode. Yeah, oh.
2: This would be a good episode for Castlevania fans.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And Greg, it's been a blast. We'll have to have you back on the, in the future. Uh, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And listener, we will be back next week. Take care.
2: Bye. Goodbye.